your business? Is your business Google Ads marketing at this time? No, no, no. I'm not focusing on any uh, platform. Uh, I'm focusing really on this creating offer and then using basically what you already have in your world, like your current contact list, your current uh, followers. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I focus on mostly because I know people are burned out with those. I, I mean, I know most people like fa uh, shiny things, and I, I'm not. I'm not targeting those people. Yeah, we're targeting. I'm targeting those people that are tired of that crap. <laughs> those, that's why my, my <laughs> approach is anti-marketing. I, I, yes, okay, let's let's I talk. Let's calm down a bit. Let's okay. Let's use what you have already now. Create an amazing offer for a group of people that are, that almost sells by itself, right? And then just talk to people around you, like use your own email list, use your current uh, audience on social media, use your current contact list of previous clients, previous leads, and um, and like that you can you can easily create a a business that actually gives you some return, and you can really create a basis that you need for afterwards you start doing those crazy things because it's too complicated. <laughs> Google Ads and uh, Facebook Ads for people who are. Uh, starting out or beginning stages, it's um, it's a trap. If you start doing uh, advertising when you don't have an offer that is fully uh, proved that that is work, that it works, yeah, that it sells, you're just basically spending money, uh, wasting money, and slowly, slowly, it's possible to reach your goals. But it's um, it's not easy. Huh? It's not easy to 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 get up when uh, things are tough. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and until I don't have that, I won't start doing marketing, uh, advertising, etc. I will focus first on that, for sure. Because it's the basis of everything. If you don't have a good offer, you can spend as much money as you want on Google Ads or Facebook Ads, then you'll just be a waste, right? Yeah, definitely. I always take the, the example of, uh, of Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I think he, he reflects like the, the epitome of what of how a person should uh, approach in business and sports uh, mentally, right? So, like, I think we've hit the nail on the head. So, like, you tell me, like, based on your experience, because you've worked with so many large brands, you're an ex-Googler, really. What would you say are some of the similarities between sports success and business success, even marketing yeah. success, for that matter? That's perfectly fine. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have. Um, mishaps every now and then I don't understand <laughs> here and there isn't that why they fight wars because they fail to understand each other and come to yeah. a peaceable agreement without exactly I was actually talking about that with my wife that's yeah it's just crazy yeah how the yeah, world is going so my, my wife feels it in the skin because um she's Belarusian Belarusian and um wait because what yeah my wife Say is Belarusian oh she's Belarusian yeah so she, <laughs> Kind of, uh, it's like she feels it in the skin, right? Because it's all in that mm -hmm. region, and the country is kind of involved in it. Is a nightmare. Yeah, is she nearby? Sorry, say again. Is she nearby? No, she's in a different room. Yeah, but she's in, the, in, my, in my house. Yes, we live in Portugal, by the way. Portugal. Ooh. Interesting. So, have Portugal. you have you heard of it uh, before? <laughs> <laughs> if I've heard of Portugal, yes. <laughs> some people you don't. don't. <laughs> oh, <yes>. Some people don't. <laughs> it's a very tiny country with 10 million people only. Uh, it's in not that tiny. It's bigger than Jamaica. Uh, Jamaica. If you're from Jamaica originally, you're, I'm uh, from yeah? Jamaica. Wow, yeah, I'm from Jamaica. That's awesome. Portugal man. is nice. Um, 
We're in Portugal, are you? Madeira, the main island. Oh, Lisbon, oh so you, you know it, yeah. Lisbon, Lisbon, yes. You're in Lisbon. Oh, that's the nice. beautiful Lisboa. I know Portugal. Um, You've been here before? I wish. Not yet, at least. <laughs> I'll be there eventually. Because that's Western Europe. That's easy. Western the Western Europe, most, so yeah, it's the westernmost uh, country in Europe. Yeah. So you have Portugal and Spain. You have yes. um, France up top, Germany. Um, Poland, you're going to have Austria, going to South, you're going to have Switzerland and Italy. You didn't skip your geography classes, no? (laughs) No, I love, I love, um, I love football, so. Oh, yes. (laughs) I actually know also a lot about countries and and cities because of of football. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know my my team? Do you know Benfica? Benfica. Oh, Benfica is a favorite team, is it? Yes. It's the biggest club of, in Portugal. Um, Benfica of one um, Rui Costa fame, is it? Yeah, he's the, the current for? president. He's the current president of the of the club. He's yeah. the current president. He yeah. played for AC Milan, which is one of yes. my favorites. AC Milan yes. and Real Madrid. So it's, um, he was a, a very underrated superstar, Rui Costa. He should have had more say recognition. Say much, right? Yes, he was pretty good, Rui Costa, and he has a really good eye for talent, even in his. Um, yeah professional days after he, after he's finished playing and he took a role in the board he has a really good eye for talent and tactics so yeah, yeah the first big player okay. that he brought to replace him was uh pablo aymar pablo aymar nice player uruguayan was he or is a colombian argentinian no, argentinian 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 he's pablo actually messi's is messi's favorite player was messi's favorite pablo player. aymar yes oh. <laughs> that's very cool oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, i used to yeah, love yeah. him so much <laughs> That's How's Jamaica so, doing in uh, soccer, in football? Oh yeah, we're 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 trash. So you know it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> so you still like didn't develop much the football there, yeah? No, I we should quit while we're ahead. We always made this big hurrah about we're gonna go to the World Cup. We haven't been there since nineteen ninety eight. We're not that good. But um I remember nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. So I mean, why not? Huh? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hmm? I'm saying it keeps the people happy, so I mean, why not? Go ahead and be ambitious. I, I don't believe in them. I don't even watch them. It's not terrible for me. <laughs> not time. But if the people like it, sure. Give them hope and dream and go out and try to do what you got to do. So when you so when you watch a World Cup, which team do you usually support? It depends. Like Normally, the two teams I support on the international level are Brazil and Germany. Because well, ah, when Euros are on, I need to support a team. When um, the Copa America is being played, I need to support a team. But I do. There are a few teams that I want to see perform well. Portugal always be one of them for Cristiano's sake. <laughs> um, not much a friend. Not much a fan of France or Spain. I don't hate them, but not much. Yeah, of a fan. I definitely like do them. not like England. They're like the yeah. loudest team with the most belief that's never done anything. But of course, with Jude Bellingham joining Real Madrid, mm. I've had to change my cold shoulder towards the English team. So there's, how about yourself? I assume port, uh, no, Portugal, Portugal is always favorite. Teams. I cannot support other teams. Only when we are knocked out, then I start supporting like the underdogs. <laughs> oh, yeah? And who's like your favorite whoever is Whoever is the underdog in, in that current, like what was this year? Argentina went to the final. I don't remember. I was supporting some smaller team. I just cannot see Spain win or France win. I just kind of stand them. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your favorite Germany? Portuguese player of all time? Ah, oh, come on. There's no no other way. Cristiano. 
Cristiano. Cristiano Ronaldo. Come on, he's a five ball on the Cristiano and Rui Costa, who would you put up there? Uh, Luis Figo. Do you remember Luis Figo? Luis Figo. Yeah. He, was, he was pretty good. He was pretty darn good. He played for was, Barcelona and Real Madrid. <laughs> it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to watch. Oh, yeah. The way he sat so down players on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's put that's put it nicely. Yes. <laughs> they could have helped themselves. <laughs> yeah. They would be just, oh my god, my head, where's my head? And then we yeah. just fall flat on the floor. <laughs> you know who was who, who, who we thought was gonna be pretty good but never actually made it? Ricardo Quaresma. 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 Seemed like he was gonna be better than Cristiano at one point. The Gypsy King, yes. He's he was um it was it was better technically than Ronaldo, but then his head was uh, a mess, mm -hmm. <laughs> not professional, you know. No, unfortunately. unfortunately. And then there was um, Nani. Nani, I like um, cool. Joe Moutinho, Ruben Neves right now. Gonzalo oh, Ramos today, Rafael Leo, that place where he's similar. Oh, Leon is really good. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. I think that if Leo was more determined to be great, like Cristiano mm -hmm. is. He'd be making waves much like Vinny Jr. and um, Kylian Mbappe. It's not a lack of talent. The talent is there. The physique is there. Even better the physique, than he has even better physique than Vinny Jr. So it could be, it could be a dominating force. I think it's just a mentality. But he's improving. I think he might this year he might stand up, uh, like go to a different level. Let's see. Let's see. Hopefully, yeah. I think he'll be. Um, I think he'll be. I don't know if AC Man is where he'll do it, but I think he'll mm. be one of the 10 best players in the world if he continues. But I don't think he'll do it at AC Milan, simply because the Italian league is not so rated. So if he does play, mm. he's not going to get that recognition. And I don't believe in the project AC Milan has going on right now. So you think, think he has to go to a, to a Real Madrid or some Man City or something, yeah? To not even. I think it's the league and the club. So yeah, there are a few teams. I don't think Bayern would work. For some reasons, the players mm. of Bayern Munich don't get that much media attention in my <laughs> side of the world. I think Barcelona would be a good fit for him. Like they would provide that stability. Like I'm a Real Madrid fan. I don't think Real Madrid would be good because there's constant pressure, constant scrutiny. I don't think he would thrive under that. But I think Barcelona <laughs> would be a good place for him, give him that family type atmosphere that he seems to thrive on. Give They're just lacking the money now. <laughs> they don't have much money. <laughs> Say again? They're just lacking the money now. Barcelona, they're struggling a lot with uh, keeping up <laughs> with, the, yeah. with the costs and everything. No way, but they, they have a lot going on for them. They've always had a lot. Um, financially, yeah. they've not been solid, so I don't know how they've managed to sign the players they've signed. They're just lucky and that the players want to go there. That, that, that's what keeps them yeah, alive. <laughs> I, think, I think it's more the FFP than anything else because there's also the Nigeria case with the referee scandals and all of that. Mm. So, I mean, Barcelona will be Barcelona, but I think the club has a lot going on that detracts from their history because for them to win so many Champions League and now they're in question because of referee Shambalik um, performances, the same with the league titles that they've won. I think they should be stripped of them. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. evidence is clear. Even before we knew that the referees were bought out, we were watching the game and saying, no, the refs are bought out. This is not fair. Like, as a real merged fan, I can, I can attest to that. And, um, yeah, I think I think um, they should be stripped of the titles they've won because of that. And even now, there is still some discrepancy. Like, in the game over the weekend, Arojo did a dangerous tackle on a player. Hmm. It wasn't even... It was supposed to be a red card. 
You just look at the tackle and the player could have been seriously hurt and Orojo didn't even get a yellow card. So, you know, there's definitely some bad... There's some something going on, but I think it's bad for the image of not just Barcelona, but also of the league. And um, I don't think they've done enough. Yeah, but in Portugal, with, with Porto, they're the, the traditional cheaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Porto are called traditional cheaters. Yeah, they, they, they had their... Um, golden era like for 20 years uh where they would that's a proven fact like it like also buying referees and in being influential in many circuits outside of the pitch and yeah i remember hulk, hulk. hulk was nice. <laughs> the beast he's still wow. playing in brazil yeah he is easy goals like with shooting those bombs from the midfield yeah. almost <laughs> yeah, from like the next half <laughs> and in absolute missiles at goalkeepers missiles days of pain and sorrow <laughs> <laughs> he had some you remember that Roberto Carlos free kick oh god yeah yes. I think Hulk could be the one to bomb in one like that perhaps not with the curve because he doesn't the have curve, that yes, you couldn't do that curve. you fell it with the power and the ferocity the yeah, ferocity yeah. is the word we're looking for <laughs> it was pretty same. good though the same leg width, <laughs> huge legs <laughs> the, to the, the power shots. Yeah. Interesting Crazy. though, because I don't know. <laughs> when you look at sports, like we're here talking about sports very lighthearted, but there are so many lessons to learn. Yes. And um, yeah. I know that you have done a lot in business as well. So, you know, that's the thing though. <laughs> they say sports and business are synonymous. I agree with them. Mm-hmm. You still have that's to. Awesome. In sports, you have to develop yourself and grow and improve and get better every day. It's the same thing in business. And if you don't know that, the competition is going to overtake you. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think we're work. on a. Um, I think we've, I think we've hit the nail on the head. So like you tell me, like based on your experience, because you've worked with so many large brands, you're an ex Googler, really. What would you say are some of the similarities? between sports success and business success, even marketing yeah. success for that matter. Yeah, definitely. I always take the, the example of, uh, of Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I think he, he reflects like the, the epitome of what, of how a person should uh, approach business and sports uh, mentally, right? So like the, uh, the persistence for one, for one stuff, like the, the fact that he just would never quit. He puts in his mind, ah, first of all, having a huge goal, right? Somewhere to that guides you through all, all the obstacles and troubles and, and trials. Yeah. Uh, that, those are inevitable, right? All those problems that you face, uh, the, some website will crash, some, mm-hmm. something that you're trying to create will not work. And uh, you always have to have that guiding light uh, to, to show, to tell you, okay, well, I'm doing this because of this, because I, mm-hmm. I have this mission, because I want to accomplish this. I want this for my family, for my community. Uh, if you don't have that guiding, guiding light, uh, it really is hard for you to survive the rough patches, both in football, like Cristiano, like he was in Madeira, playing in the streets, came to Lisbon, Portugal, from the islands uh, all alone, right? And had to face bullying and <laughs> yeah. being far from his family and everything. Uh, oh, he, yes, 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 yes. But he always had that guiding light, that big goal and... His father always said he was someone that, like, he knows what he's doing since he was a kid. He he, he has this unstoppable will. will and ambition. Yeah. So that's that's for one the one thing. Um, the resilience, of course, right? The never quitting, even again when something goes wrong, you just okay, I'll just try again instead of thinking too much of what happened, right, in the past, and mm-hmm. 
hitting yourself because of that. Now just think about, okay, what's next? So what can I learn from this? What's next? Let's try a different thing, different approach. No, 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 no. And slowly, slowly it's possible to reach your goals, but it's, um, mm -hmm. it's not easy, you know, it's not easy to, to, to get up when, uh, things are tough. <laughs> Absolutely. That's true. And, um, unless you have that burning desire in you to really get up and keep going, you're not going to really, you're not going to make it through. It's like. There are, two, there are two dangers in it. The first part is that you're going to slip into complacency when you make a lot of money because you're doing it for the money. That's the first problem. And if you're doing it for the money and it's not for the love and for the passion, when the difficulties come, you're not going to be strong enough, motivated or committed mm. enough to solve the problems. You're right. I know the interesting thing, you, you know Ford, right? The motor car company. Ford, yes. Yeah. And they sell like the Mustang and they have the Mach-E and the Ford GT. You know Ford, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was reading a book and it said that when Ford, Henry Ford, before they had, um, so Ford built the motor car that replaced the horse carriage, right? And Henry Ford wanted to build what I think is today the V6 engine, where basically everything is in one block. I think it's either the inline four or the V6 engine. Everything is in one block. That's never been done before. Everything for the engine part is casted in one block. Never done before. And he spoke to his engineers and he told him that this is what he wanted to get done. And I said, no, it's impossible. It can't be done. <laughs> and the you know, interesting thing is that he told him that I want it. And I said, it can't be done. And he said, all right, get started on working on it. And he came back in three months, no progress. Six months, no progress. A year, no progress. And at the end of the year, he said to them, all right, keep working on it. And today we have the V6 engine. Today we have the inline four. I don't remember which engine exactly it was. I know what to take from that story. Mm. In that moment, it was impossible. Yeah. Because it was never done before. So how could you have perceived to do something that has never been done before, right? But he wanted it. He knew what he wanted. So he said, get it done. And he was doing it because he wanted to make the Ford Motor Company great. He wanted to do something amazing and he believed in what he was doing. And the same thing with entrepreneurship, same thing with sports. You're going to have a vision in your mind of how to solve a problem. And a lot of times you're going to be met with disappointments. A lot of people are going to say it can't, do, it can't be done. It can't work. Mm. You, sorry, you can't do it. Like, it can be done, but you're not the one to do it. You're not smart enough. And at the end of the day, you see, when you have that belief and that confidence in what you want to get done, the mind starts to work and figure it out for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly. That's true, so true. And the example you said about the, about creating what, what they, the Ford, what they wanted to create, it also brings another uh, interesting thing to think about as an entrepreneur is that you, you're never fully prepared for anything, right? And so many people that I talk to like get stuck in those, oh, I don't know if I'm ready, I don't have everything I need. And they don't start doing anything because then they keep postponing, postponing, and then they quit and they think of something else mm -hmm. and they get distracted. When mm -hmm. the secret to it all, as I've learned the hard way, of course, <laughs> I was also a tough <laughs> procrastinator for a long time, is oh, yeah? to just simply just start doing something, just a small little thing to advance the process. Because once you start putting everything in motion, it, uh, it opens up, um, everything opens up. Like, it's like a puzzle. Uh, you, you, you can you imagine a puzzle of, of thousand pieces. I've heard this metaphor before. I loved it. A, a thousand piece puzzle. And you, 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 you think uh, you try to assemble it all mentally first before you start putting anything. And, uh, and then you quit because you just can't, right? 
So the, the process to assemble the puzzle is just you start with one piece. You put it in the in the table on the table, and then try. Okay, what's what, should, what matches this? You know, this doesn't go. This doesn't fit. You try different things, right? Mm -hmm. Until oh, this one, yeah, <laughs> this one clicks and it starts opening up more because you see more of the uh, of the image that you're assembling, and it becomes clearer mm -hmm. as you go, right? As you yes. start doing things, act, acting, 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 and then yeah. that's something that I don't. It's I think it's a natural tendency for uh, everyone. To not feel full, fully prepared, not ready, um, Anxious, and it even. blocks many people. Yeah, action, action, action is everything, basically. But you know, you know what's what's interesting. You ever you ever feel mm. that the reason why we procrastinate is because not just because of a lack of urgency, but because of a lack of burning desire, and because at times we don't know how to really get started and how to continue. So we're just we're disappointed. Yes. Many times is that. Many times is that. Mm -hmm. uh, but but also I think it's, it's um, even if you know where you want to go. Uh, I read also a book like what we're talking a bit about books. What was it? Uh, it was the Stephen Pressfield, uh, the uh, Turning Pro, I think it's called, and he talks mm -hmm. about this resistance that we all have. It's like yeah. a a bug we have in our brain. It is constantly trying to keep us safe in your own corner. Don't try anything weird or different. Keep your rituals. You know that uh, supposedly wants to do us good, right? Keep us safe. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's kind of limiting completely our potential. And, uh, and, and we always have it in our minds. And, and if you mm -hmm. let it take over, you're completely flat and you just die. <laughs> you simply die <laughs> creatively yeah. and, and physically. If you just stop doing anything, you, just, yeah, that's you simply die, right? And so this is a constant struggle. Being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur is also a constant struggle against that resistance that we have in our minds. Um, and the way to fight it is just simply by brute force. Okay, I'll just do something. At least one thing today. Right? Push through the wall, yeah? Push through. <laughs> Force yourself to do. One thing that I, I did many times, uh, like three, three times or four times in my uh, entrepreneur career, was the 90-day um, the challenges. Uh, like I, heard, I heard someone, okay. uh, who was it? I got inspired by. Um, something like the 100 days of code challenge or so on. No, it was, I forgot his name, but he was a motivational speaker that uh, he said, like, do something uh, that goes against your nature for 90 days consecutively, you know, even if you don't want to do it now, but you know, it will be beneficial for you. So I just decided to do the 90 day challenge of uh, when I first started my, this uh, project of mine, uh, 90 days of uh, uh, blog articles in my, on my website. So 90 blog articles in 90 consecutive days. <laughs> Because I had this feeling I'm not a creator. Uh, who am I to speak about these things that I know, but I'm not an expert. Or, uh, so I just forced myself to do it in 90 days. I told my wife, I told a couple of people around me to put me accountable for it. Right. And I just simply went, went through it. It, it hurt a lot throughout the, <laughs> the first few days, uh, first few weeks. Even I went on holidays and I still had to do it because it's a 90 day challenge. I have to fulfill. Um, and it really makes you push through that um, resistance that we all have and you quickly create a new a new skill right you know, i started being pr very proficient in writing writing my writing skills writing blogs writing emails writing um, so i think it's a good strategy if you want to fight that resistance that keeps you 90 pieces of um blog articles <laughs> in 90 days Yes, yes, yes. Consecutive days. We don't stop. You cannot stop because it's weekend or holiday. <laughs> Did you uh, ever get burnt out or anything like that? Burned out? Burned out? Uh, yes, it was, it was very, very difficult. Blog, I don't recommend to do blog because 
blog articles are very long, like thousand to thousand, three thousand words per day. It's it's insane. Yeah, but then I did I did the same for video, so 90 day, 90 videos on YouTube. <laughs> That's what I was about to ask about. Yes. Yes. That's a bit this. easier because you just turn on the camera, you just speak through it, right? And uh, no, it's not easier because you have to edit and sound edit and. That's um, true, but I didn't do that. I, I was, I was <laughs> recording. Okay, I have this, these three topics. I'll just speak it through and then quickly upload it. Done. <laughs> so how how did that turn out for you when you did that for ninety days? What were the results? Um, it, it was cool. I mean, um, I grew my audience like until thousand subscribers in those i actually uh, did more than 90 days i went to 120 days <laughs> just because to extend it because it was working so i just extended a bit more um and yeah grew the audience quickly the because the platform started seeing you as a as a content creator right as a good partner for them mm-hmm. um and uh, and of course I, I became super at ease to create videos i mean this is a great strategy for you to create skills that you feel are necessary are for, for your business yeah and you did that a long time ago for the video and for the blog articles? Blog, blog articles was in 2018, end of 2018. And the videos was in 2020. 2020. It's on my YouTube channel. I can share the links. It's in Portuguese uh, because it's, I, I was doing Portuguese. <laughs> um, How many subscribers do you currently have? Uh, almost 2,000. I stopped doing videos for a while. I have to re- restart it, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's, it's amazing because uh, I was posting both on YouTube and on podcasts because, uh, I just ripped the audio for the podcast and I still to this day get people that, Oh, I heard you on your podcast uh, because it stays, it's, it's, it's in search engines, right? YouTube people search yes. for the topic. I was being mm-hmm. cautious about that, right? Optimizing mm-hmm. the title. So it reflects what people are actually searching for. And I still, still to this day get views on those videos and audios and, People reach out to me from time to time. I mean, it's um, it was good in multiple marketing, digital marketing, yeah, oh, and I online business. Huh? Because I definitely need to get that because that was a question I was about to ask. So we haven't introduced you as yet, but what really happened is that you're you used to work at Google <clears throat> and you used to work in the Google Ads department. So um, yes. two questions: Can you just tell us about your time working at Google? And working in the Google Ads department, like what was it like? Who you worked with? Interesting story. And the most important question afterward is like, given your experience with the ninety-day challenge and success you got, what would you say a good way to learn Google Ads in ninety days would look like? Is it even possible to learn Google Ads in ninety days and be one of the best at it? You know, so what was the experience and ninety-day challenge yeah. for learning Google Ads? What was what you say? <laughs> Um, yeah, the experience at Google was, of, of course, amazing. It was eight years there in the uh, European headquarters here in uh, Dublin, Ireland. Um, and of course, I worked with one of the few biggest uh, companies in, in Europe and Middle East uh, in there, basically strategizing, uh, making um, audience insights for them, analyzing if what would be the best um, countries for them to uh, internationalize their reach, of course, through Google Ads, YouTube Ads, uh, search uh, ads. And of course, I learned a ton. I, I interacted with many of the top marketing directors in those companies, uh, learned the, the background of their strategies. And um, it's a huge company. Google, you learn a lot there, of course. They, they give you all the platforms you need. Um, you also play hard, right? Work hard, play hard. But in sales, of course, it's extremely stressful uh, to meet targets and uh, 
So it has that balance, right? <laughs> a lot of stressful and a lot of, pl of playing time. But uh, um, at some point, I got to be tired of uh, this kind of corporate world <laughs> of having someone telling you what to do all the time or, and being too overly um, uh, dependent on just selling one thing like Google Ads. I could not have more different strategies. I was feeling it. I was learning a lot about different strategies now. And I want and Facebook ads were growing like crazy while I was there. So I was um, feeling a bit, ah, a bit stuck here with this. And, and I started um, losing my patience for the corporate world. And so I, in 2019, I decided, okay, I'll just let this go and uh, go back to Portugal um, and start helping small businesses around it was what I started to do with what I've learned at Google and what I was experimenting on my own. Um, and yeah, so and then I started my, my entrepreneurial career here, 2019. First helping small businesses with Google, my business, Google Ads, et cetera. But slowly starting to understand that I don't really want to help local businesses, et cetera. I want to help entrepreneurs, people like me that are, that like to share what they, what they know with the world that are, um, have skills and competences to help other people achieve different goals. So I, I slowly started fo focusing on those people, simplifying as much as possible on my strategy so that, because uh, it's so, too complicated, this is Google ads and uh, Facebook ads for people who are uh, starting out or in the beginning stages, it's, um, it's a trap. If you start doing uh, advertising when you don't have an offer that is fully uh, proved that, that is work, that it works, yeah, that it sells, mm -hmm. You're just basically spending money, uh, wasting money. You're wasting money, yeah. Yes, and then you get lost, and then you quit, and then you start a different thing, and you get a different shiny object. So I simplified all my strategies, and, and that's what I'm, I'm currently doing. Um, and as of 90 days for Google Ads, yeah, I think it, you'll be, it will be possible for you to gain big competences if you really focus on every day um, creating a campaign for, campaign for your own and test different things and test different audiences. Um, learn on youtube there's so many things now nowadays for you to <laughs> everything is on the internet right you there's nothing uh, that you don't have available it's of course very scattered right yeah. but i think if you're resourceful you could definitely become an expert in 90 days uh, on google ads for sure if you just persist and uh, never never quit never stop and test a lot yeah waste a lot of money of course <laughs> <laughs> spend a lot of money testing right until you figure out something so be persistent, test a lot, spend a lot of money, keep learning. <laughs> Where do we learn though? Because I know Google offers courses to learn Google ads. And are those courses good enough? Or do we need to go on Udemy or Coursera or Google for that matter and search for private courses by other people to learn? Like, is the, Are the courses, the certificates of Google good enough? In case, but if you want to become a... Um how do you say freelance um, ad ad create? How do you say ad expert mm -hmm. for other companies? We definitely should. I, I wouldn't go for Coursera or for those <laughs> those websites. I would just purchase like a coaching program from some expert that you really know. He's a, he knows what he's doing, like a, a mentorship with someone that actually knows what he's talking about. And I would just buy it, pay as much money as as it's needed to quickly learn that skill because they usually have those programs in short periods of time, like six weeks, eight weeks, uh, certifications, etc. cetera. Um, yes. that's what I would do. But if I was doing it for myself, um, mm -hmm. I would not start learning marketing and, uh, Google ads things. I would start first focusing on the, the thing that I was talking about, the, the offer, like how do I optimize what, what competence do I have to give? 
what people can I actually help? What problem, what context do they have? And what transformation do they need? And I really focus on that first. Um, how can I create something that is irresistible to a specific group of people? Um, and until I don't have that, I wouldn't start doing marketing, uh, advertising, etc. Uh, I would focus first on that for sure, because it's the basis of everything. If you don't have a good offer, you can spend as much money as you want on Google ads or Facebook ads, that it'll just be a waste, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's because what I'm hearing you say, what I'm hearing you say is that Google ads are fine and everything, but <laughs> that should not be your primary focus. Your primary focus should be getting the right offer. So yes. who are you targeting? What problems do they have? The solution that they would like at what price point are they willing to acquire this solution? How do you offer this solution in a way that makes them feel stupid for not taking it? <laughs> and getting some quick wins, some proof that this solution works. Because the Google ad isn't for making sales, it's for multiplying your sales. So you need to know that what you have is selling and who it's selling to before you use Google ads. Is, is that right? Yeah, it's like... It's like um pouring gas in uh, some piles of sticks and then hoping that something some combustion happens uh, no it won't happen anything if you don't have that it's flame or ignition uh, the little spark yeah. yes and that spark is the offer right if you don't have that spark you're just pouring gas on a pile of sticks and <laughs> nothing will work. You have something to offer them yeah yes yes something yeah. that you to offer them and something that they really want if yeah. you just most people are also everyone everyone that comes to this business world they they have some certification on coaching or they have this specific framework they want to sell or this skill and they just market that as i have this to offer i'm very good at this uh, buy now maybe but that's yeah. the wrong approach right we should we should invert it and think okay what do these people really want now what do they really want to buy now they want milk um, that's what they want yeah yeah we just we have to go <laughs> after that we have to go after that at least yeah. for the first um, interaction we have with those new people that we meet online, we have to give them what they want now. Otherwise, it's very hard to convince uh, people to do whatever. <laughs> Until yeah. you find that offer that goes mm, and is completely resistible to those people, it's very hard to, to start a business. Because after they buy that first offer you have then, and they become, of course, you have to deliver it, of course. You have to, <laughs> you have to make sure that they have the transformation they want. Because after that, you can give them whatever they want, and they will. It will be much easier to to sell things that they don't that, are, that they don't feel they want now. But just because you help them so much, they mm -hmm. they want to keep working with you, right? And that's because you've built trust and affinity with them, so they're more likely to purchase. So it would be like the foot in the door, the, the foot in the door technique, where instead of selling them the true offer that you have for ten grand, <laughs> you sell them something for like five hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Prove to them that you know what you're, you're saying and you know how to do what needs to be done. And then after that, you sell them the offer for 10 grand because by that time, they will trust you enough yes. and believe in you enough to, to hand over 10 grand. Exactly, exactly. It, it, cannot, it just doesn't need to be 500. It can be like 2,000 offer or 3,000 offer. As long mm -hmm. as it is something that they truly need to be have solved right now at this moment, that they wake okay. up in the morning and they think, oh, I wish I could solve this problem. If you find that, what is that? They, they're willing yeah. to pay whatever, they, you know? In, um, you know what that is for most businesses? Making more sales at a good price. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because exactly. the funny thing is, you know, like I'll, it's a problem all over again because a lot of businesses, they have something to sell. They have an offer, they have a solution, but they cannot figure out how to sell it to the right person. 
and what you're telling me is literally how to sell. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's something that you don't learn immediately. It takes a lot of like you, you, you. I think you just know when you know when you when it's when it happens actually in front of you. When you when you try to sell hundreds of things and nothing sticks, nobody buys anything until someone says tells tells you this or you I don't know. And you just slowly learn that okay, I'm, I'm doing it the wrong way. I, I'm I should should be giving people what they want, not what I want to sell them or push to them, right? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so basic, right? But we tend, tend to not do that. I don't know why. It's human nature. It's crazy. <laughs> and that's why we buy stuff from guru, gurus who don't know nothing because, you know, it, it sounds, what, they said, what they're saying sounds so complicated. It has to be true, right? <laughs> you yes. have no idea why it has to be true. Well, yeah, you know, you I need I really, yes. really want to ask you because you're telling us that the key to marketing, and this doesn't apply to Google ads alone. I know, I know it applies to Facebook ads know. or YouTube or anything. You have to get the core of marketing down. You know, the, the personal touch, who you're selling to and what you're selling them, why you're selling it to them, what problems they have and everything like that. But it's quite fascinating to me. Why don't we focus more on that, that side of marketing? Why do we focus I think it's on because it's not up? sexy. It's not shiny, yeah. right? <laughs> because to do this, you have to talk to people. Actually, talk to people, right? You have to interview yeah. potential customers mm -hmm. and just ah, I have, I have, I want, I want to create this program, and I'm, I want to have your opinion, your feedback. I have some questions. Can I have ten minutes of your time? And you simply mm -hmm. start interviewing five, six, ten people, right, and asking questions like, "What's your current problem? What is impacting your day? Uh, how does it make you feel? What do you wish would be different?" And until you talk to those five, ten, or more people, if you can, you don't know, and you simply because you'll be, you start creating things out of your own mind, and you don't get out of your head, and uh, that doesn't reflect the market, what the market wants, right? And that's not sexy to sell, right? That's what no gurus are saying. Yeah, talk to people, uh, ask them what they want. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, it's what people like to hear is those magical tricks, right? The funnels and the amazing. Ads the, latest, and the latest Google ad conversion strategy 2.0 terminator yeah. big deal. Carbonated big deal. It's normally for 10 grand. But you see, for you who I've just met, and I don't know what because I like you so much, if you buy it today, it's gonna be 999. And that's because I'm a guru and I've made 10 million dollars for my clients. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> and as a bonus, I have this AI training now, right? So everything yeah, yeah. is AI. <laughs> it's, like a grand, it's like a five grand value, but for you, I'm throwing it in for free. So you're getting like 15 grand of stuff for like $1,000. What do you say? You see, that and is what like, is sexy. That is what sells, right? That's what sells, exactly. People like the sexy things only, right? But don't you get like, so your business, is your business Google Ads Marketing? No, no, no. I'm not focusing on any uh, platform. Uh, I'm focusing really on this creating offer and then using mm -hmm. basically what you already have in your world, like your current contact list, your current uh, followers. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. that's what I focus on mostly because I know people are burned out with those. I, I mean, I know most people like fa uh, shiny things and I, I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not targeting those people. You're not really targeting them. I'm targeting those people that are tired of that crap. <laughs> those, that's why my, my <laughs> approach is anti-marketing. I, I, yes, okay, let's, let's I remember. Let's calm down a bit. Let's, okay, let's use what you have already now. Create an amazing offer for a group of people that, are, that almost sells by itself, right? Mm -hmm. And then just talk to people around you. Like use your own email list, use your current um, audience on social media, use your current contact lists of previous clients, previous mm -hmm. leads. And um, 
and like that you can you can easily create a a, a business that actually gives you some return and you can really create a basis that you need for afterwards you start doing those crazy things or ads funnels you can go wild after that but until then i think i don't think you need those shiny things uh you have everything you need now if you have an audience of course if you don't have an audience you have to start by doing that (laughs) if you don't have a contact you have to start doing some networking networking of course but if you do have those things that's all you need to, to start because if you talk to people, people, and then you, you create, um, and you start making those contacts of yours, your own mm-hmm. sales team, right? Because you can create referral programs for your new program and, and incentivize them to start promoting the, uh, your program for, for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to think of, or go back to the basics of this man here, he's, who inspired me was uh, Jay Abraham. Getting everything you can out of all you've got. All you've got. And that's the book you recommend. Yes. Um, focus on the on the traditional things that are proven to work for hundreds of years more, right? More than hundred years. Yes. Like the ne- uh, networking for a few months. Networking, using your contacts, uh, referrals. You know, if you if you keep that going and you're um, um, persistent in it, uh, it's not sexy, of course. It's not a magical button, right? That you just click and. <laughs> but it's stuff that works, and. Um, for, for, my, for me, that's, that's all you need. And with this, you can reach 10K, 10K months. If it's possible if you really persist and you, mm-hmm. um, if you're disciplined enough. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you can start outsourcing these things, right? It, uh, it's hard to, to outreach to people, right? It's hard to, um, to create these kind of things and talk to a lot of people, et cetera. But uh, it, it really is worth it. You know, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a trivia. And then we can, we can continue the podcast. So we're here talking about the shiny object versus the, the tried, proven, and true. Here's a here's a trivia question: Do you know which marketing media or channel gives the highest return on investment? Yes. Which one? Yes. Uh, for me, at least, and I, what I've experimented is the email. Your email list. Yes. <laughs> email. <laughs> we had a guest on recently, and I asked her. She's into marketing, and I asked her. And she did not know it was email. It is email marketing. And email marketing has been around for years. But here's the thing, though. You see, because it's not sexy, (laughs) people don't like to... But anyway, she didn't know it was email marketing. But here's the thing. For every dollar you put into email marketing, you should get about $44 in return. Yeah. Yeah. And that's low. Because if you're selling iTicket items, it can be way more. You just need to maintain your list and sell. But here's what I want to ask you. The anti-marketing strategy. I I want to find out because we know why you did it. It's because you know that the sexy and new isn't always what's the effective. And I know you would have had pushbacks. Well, I cars. This one is to be excited. Well, let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Even his um, Toyota Corolla engine with a big muffin. <laughs> you <laughs> know your engines. Yeah, I gotta leave that in the, um, the podcast. So yeah, we know that sometimes the tried and true doesn't really get that much attention and credit that it deserves. I know you'd have gotten some pushbacks. So just two part question. I'm just gonna ask the two parts of the question. Like, what are some of the pushbacks that you've got from prospects where they say, "Oh, this isn't something that they want. They want the the the, the, the new sex. They want the TikTok <laughs> shop, which is a thing that right now apparently." 
they want the Facebook okay. ads. I myself, I'm a really big fan of Google ads because of how it works. So what are some of the pushback you've got? And even more important than that, what are some of your success stories? What are some of the results that you've um, brought for clients that you can speak of with the anti-marketing strategy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so the, the, in terms of those pushbacks, I simply just ignore those people because it's not my target audience. So I, and, and it's actually something that um, I recommend uh, people to do is to, to not try to uh, satisfy or attract everyone that, that you come in contact and try to sell to everyone. Uh, that, that is a problem because it will give you, um, first of all, stress, right? Um, it, it will also give you troubles in the future because if you're attracting people that you cannot actually help or that were not a good fit, they're not a good fit then yeah. in terms of implementation, in terms of uh, delivery of, of your program, you'll have problems and uh, they will complain, they'll ask for money back or... Uh, you know, and it's, it will give you just trouble. So uh, I really like to focus on, the, first of all, defining who, who actually you're targeting and talking to uh, yeah. clearly, like yeah. it's this person that is in this context and they want this uh, and, and only qualifying people, of course, in your chats, while you're talking to people to qualify them, see if they're qualified or not, and only uh, ask for, to work with people that really qualify. Um, but yeah, I definitely get some, some pushbacks like that. And, um, okay. So it's, this is not for you. Sorry. <laughs> you, if you want shiny objects, I have all these people to recommend to you. Uh, no, they will probably give you amazing things that you really want. Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of, um, of my, my anti-marketing approach, I had results here in Portugal. So the, the, um, the income levels here are much lower than us, et cetera. So it won't yeah. be that impressive. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but, but with, uh, for example, one, one of my clients, Lourdes, uh, she was a, a Portuguese coach, a Portuguese career coach. Uh, and she used my, one of my approaches, anti-marketing approaches using your, her current audience and email list. Uh, I simply helped, um, asked her to, to create a couple of hand raising posts that are like, uh, I'm looking for five, um, which I learned from Dean Jackson and Dean Jackson learned from who else, um, five Persons of this niche that are looking to get this specific, specific transformation. transformation. Um, if you're this, 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 tell me if you're interested or not. And, and those hand raising posts really um, bring about those people in your audience Sorry. that are your mm -hmm. target audience, right? And uh, mm -hmm. that are ready to buy now. And you simply then qualify them by chat and then making cool. a sales call and you and you close them. High ticket client. Uh, and she made uh, was four thousand in a couple of weeks. Just in a couple of weeks, just using her current audience, not doing anything crazy. Um, and of course, the, the, the ticket was not too high because it's, it's Portugal. It was, she was selling around, no. it was 500 euros. Well, uh, hold on, hold yeah. on. But I don't want you yes. to say that, though, that the tickets aren't too high because it's Portugal. Because remember, you know, the rent in Portugal is not 3,000 US dollars a month as it is in LA, right? So no. Actually, it's getting a bit close to that in Lisbon because of... Uh, <laughs> But not because of the port. It's because of uh, there's a lot of um, people Inflation from abroad. Americans, is, actually, yeah. Americans <laughs> coming to live here. Uh, yeah. Lots of uh, expats coming to live in Lisbon. Lots of tourism. The tourism boomed like crazy. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, the housing prices are crazy uh, for, for for locals right now. But yeah, yeah sorry. It, just... The point still stands because you know making an extra four thousand dollars in Portugal, it's a <clears> big <throat> deal, isn't it? Out yeah. of nothing, out of what she already had. Yes. So I don't yes. want to discredit your results and say, oh, because it's Portugal. No, the results are amazing. So many businesses would survive that could make an extra four grand in a few weeks. So don't yes. discredit your results. You've done well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. For here, it's amazing results. And it, this is re replicable in any market. And of course, results might differ, right? Audiences are different. 
the the buyer purchasing power is different. The um, the willingness to to buy these kind of programs is also different because in Portugal the market yes. is still not advanced in terms of as uh, because they don't yeah, have as much like clients uh, are still a bit skeptical about you know coaching. What is that <laughs> in yeah. America in in US in UK etc. It's, it's much more. Yeah, yeah, different. Well, you know, I have two questions. So I'm going to ask the two questions in um, tandem because you're a smart guy. I know, I know you're keeping up. The first question is like, what size does your audience have to be for you to be considered, for you to consider working with a client? So a, a prospect. Yeah, 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 definitely. What does your audience have to be for you to consider working with? Yes, yeah, so I, I, I definitely usually say like, um, if you have at least minimum, minimum 2,000 people in your following list or email list, I'm, I'm, safe enough uh, to guarantee that there's at least three to seven people right now that are would be ready to buy a new offer that you create, right? If you create an offer that is really, you know, but I'm talking about like pe people really want to solve the problem, it's resistible. Uh, I'm confident enough to say that if you have 2,000 people in your following list or email list, uh, there's always three to seven, maybe 10 people that are ready to buy now. And of course, those, those the readiness to buy changes uh, throughout time, right? And then your audience also changes, it grows. So it's, it's something that you can re replicably do throughout time. Uh, but yeah, definitely at least 2,000 uh, people, mm -hmm. followers. All right. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. This is this is where I go cuckoo. And you can say, oh, Jabez, they're being cuckoo. I can say, you know, Jabez, that makes sense. Yeah, so let me know if this makes sense to you. So the anti-marketing strategy, couldn't it be used with, for example, awareness ads on Facebook and Instagram and Google? So... You have a brand, relatively new even. You don't have the audience. But what if you could put your offer out there in front of the right people? And remember, the offer is a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. The offer is what's really winning. The anti-marketing works because you're, you've crafted the right offer for a group of people who know you, love you, and trust you. What if you used the anti-marketing with very cheap awareness and reach ads on Google and Facebook to start building an audience. So here's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting relaxed. What if, <laughs> what if we offer, so let's use your coaching client. What if we say to the, so you're in Benfica. So what if we run awareness ads and, and reach ads? So both of them, two steps on Google for, um, well, Google doesn't have reach. So let's just do awareness ads. Let's say we run awareness ads on Google in Benfica for in Lisbon, people Lisbon. Who look you're in Lisbon. Yes, sorry, Lisbon. Benfica, Benfica is a club. Is <laughs> well, Lisbon is where you are. You should move by the way. Enjoy the football games on the weekend with your family. But I digress. <laughs> so we run awareness ads in Lisbon for people looking to get a coach to help them. Let's say it's just a fitness coach. I know it's not a mm -hmm, fitness coach, mm -hmm. but a personal coach, life coach. Let's say it's a fitness coach. Increase their fitness and lose that first twenty pounds starting two thousand and twenty three. And it's going to be a three-month program. You're going to give the first month. You've, you have the offer. And the reason that you do it this way, you're not necessarily trying to sign the client right away. What you're doing is you're preparing for the future. So when you put an offer out there, you're going to get, let's say you get 100 leads to your email list. And your, your email list is zero. So first month, you get 100 leads. And that's doable, right? You might not convert five or 10 people. But what you have now is an audience that you can keep marketing to. And when you market to that audience, then you can start using the anti-follow-up in the future. <laughs> Ad nauseum. So every two or three months, you can send out an offer 
getting 10 clients, you charge $1,000 per client, that's $10,000. And you're never, you're never out of clients because you get the first 100. You get from that first 100 each month for three months. That would be like 300 clients. That's 250 leads in your email list. You get three to five clients the first time. And from there, you get referrals and your email list continues to grow. Couldn't that, couldn't that actually work? So you just add to follow up with that? Definitely. I mean, there's no strategy that doesn't work. Uh, what I'm saying is that it, it, there's easier ways to do it, right? I mean, uh, yeah. your current list of contacts and followers, they already know you, right? It's different than trying to sell to someone that doesn't know you at all, right? Yeah, to, to strangers. Of course, it will work probably in long, longer term. You you, f you feed that email new email list that you would create, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but in that case, you're spending money uh, upfront, and you don't have that money back uh, until you know I don't know how long it would take if you start from scratch mm -hmm. doing only ads. Um, the thing is that if you use what you currently already have, it's it's much easier because those people kind of already know you, depending on the relationship you have, of course. But uh, it's your contact list, it's your follower list. Um, and it's also the people that your contacts know, which is very different, right? If they recommend you, the relationship mm -hmm. is also much easier to sell to that recommended person, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's much easier to sell to someone that was, um, that a friend told, oh, you should work with this guy because, uh, you know, so I focus on the, what is, um, easy to do right now, right? If you use your current assets, you, you can actually make a lot of money just because people are sitting there just waiting for you to give them what they want, you know? rather than trying to do what you said, which would work for sure. <laughs> um, but you'd have to spend money and then you would have to wait a long time to feed that list. Um, and, and I think it's, it's not necessary uh, to complicate things if you already have people in your world, right? Uh, there's always people in your contact list that uh, would either qualify to buy what you are selling, that you want to sell, or know someone that would, you know, um, that's simply my approach. And I think it's possible to reach good levels without spending uh, yeah. marketing uh, budgets. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. What would you say are the ways to start growing your audience? And where do you recommend we start growing our audience? <laughs> Email, social, YouTube, LinkedIn? Because LinkedIn is social, but not as social, social as um. Yes, yes. Instagram. Um, I, I like uh, my approach to growing audiences is uh, is that usually people either create a, a new account and they, they create a lot of content and they and they hope that it grows eventually, right? With with your content, which takes a long time, right? Or mm -hmm. if you have like some agreements with other uh, Instagram creators that send you followers, or if you pay for followers, which I don't recommend at all, of course. That's one approach, right? The, the, the approach that I like to, 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 to do to grow fast quickly is to simply be proactive and, and choose your target audience, audience and go after them and create connections with those people. Either on your Facebook profile, you can add friends, right? And you f find them in Facebook groups that are specific to your audience and you just add friends there and just grow uh, steadily every day. I don't know, 30 requests per day, 50 requests per day. The same thing you can do in LinkedIn, right? You can grow proactively your audience instead of waiting for it. And the same thing with Instagram as well. You can just follow people that you know that are your target audience. And you can do that. How do you find your target audience on Instagram? You can simply go to your competitors, check their followers, and you know that they're your audience, right? Because they're looking for the kind of service that you also offer. So follow those people. They'll start seeing your content. They will accept your uh, follow if you have your profile uh, ready or optimized. And then you can simply start having conversations with those people instead of waiting for them to see your post and interact or click on your bio. 
uh, if some people interact with your posts, uh, likes, uh, comments, you just simply reach out to that person. Hey, thank you so much for commenting on my post. Uh, is it something that you're looking for? Or <laughs> have you tried this before? Uh, you know, you simply start conversations with people and you don't need a big audience to do that. You just, you can start immediately today adding people. They will add you back. You just follow up with them and then you can start mm -hmm. having conversations and qualifying people. Maybe out of mm -hmm. 50 that you added today, maybe there's one or two that would potentially be willing to work with you and will be ready to work now. You know, that's, that's how it, I would grow an audience from zero and start making money now. <laughs> you know, you know, where it's also pretty good, it seems. I see a lot of people do this on Twitter where, all right, so you're scrolling through Twitter, minding your own business, Twitter X. And you X. see a, see a post where it says, it's the most audacious heading ever. I don't even like that, but they grab attention. So whatever. It says, um, there are 6.7, no, they're like, they're like, 8 billion people. There are 8 billion. But I said there are 8 billion people on the planet, but 99.9% .9 of them don't know how to properly use Microsoft Excel. Here are 10 tricks to optimize, uh, to use like a thousand percent of Microsoft Excel or something like that. And they put a thread with 10 tips on how. Or when you go to the, to the, the comments or the, the thread to actually read it, it's not there. And they say comment tips to get, yes. um, to get a document and you comment yeah. tips and there's an auto responder that sees the, the, the reply says tip and it sends you a message directly <laughs> to your DM that says, Hey, thank you for reaching out. Yes. Here's the link. Oh, and by the way, if you want some coaching, we got that. And that's the <laughs> offer. So now if you're definitely looking to up your Microsoft Excel game or whatever the case might be, now you're in and they do this here. This is the interesting part. They do this with their followers. But because it's such great value and it's built, it's designed and built that way, it gets like even a million impressions, hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of impressions mm -hmm. just by likes and retweets and comments and shares. It's, it's pretty awesome, actually. That's the magic of hand-raising posts. Like, I have this uh, that will help you do that, right? It has to be interesting. Yeah. People, people really want to do it. And, uh, and people just show the interest. And, and, and if you, they show interest about the topic that you're selling, like a post like that, a thread, or I just created a video that shows you how to do this. Like, do you want this video? Yes, 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 yes. Those people interact, they engage with those posts. Those posts have more reach, like you said. It's, so it's win-win for everyone. And you know that if they're interested in the topic you're talking about, they will be interested in your course or program or whatever. And then you can simply qualify by chat. And then if you want, you just send them to, um, okay, let's talk on a video call. Um, and you see, you don't have to do magic to do that, right? You don't have, you don't need ads to do that. <laughs> you just need to do work and uh, be persistent and uh, be proactive instead of waiting for the magic button or waiting for the audience to grow to 100,000 people until you can do something. <laughs> you can go after the people, right? And you just talk to people. Okay. So you know what's on my mind though? And um, I have to share it with you. We're going to, let's, let's put them into two parts, right? So we have the anti-marketing on one side and we have the shiny new object on the other <laughs> side. And we're not saying, guys, we're listening and watching. We're not saying that the shiny new object, the Facebook ads, the TikTok shop, the Google ads, we, we know they work. They do work. But what we're saying is that instead of focusing on that, where you have to spend money and then figure out, you know, instead of doing that, do the anti-marketing. Right. When you do the anti-marketing, you're going to focus on the most important. You're going to focus on the most important part of any offer, of any marketing um, strategy that you have. And that's the offer, right? You're going to focus on getting the offer right and the people you're offering it to. Couldn't we then, I don't even know if we, 
all right, I know we could, but is it really just a situation where because people are attracted to the shiny new object, why this isn't a bigger thing? Or is it more of a situation where enough people don't know that this is also a viable solution? Because I can see this working for a $0 marketing strategy, you know? So, so what do you think? Um, if I think people don't know, I think it's, it's, this is not very promoted. Uh, uh, you know, like we said, the gurus don't talk about basic things, right? They talk about the shiny things. So most people don't focus on it because they don't hear about it. And they think probably it won't uh, work if they do something very basic. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like, like I said, I, I, my target audience is those people that are that have been burnt by those big strategies that <laughs> funnels as crazy things and shiny things and are kind of tired of it and want to try something, okay, something more simple, more um, more down to earth and that I can control more, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely because of uh, lack of, of, of knowledge about the, or the topic or lack of focus on it. Uh, I, think, I think that's the, the only issue, yeah. Sounds good. You know, though, when, when we have a guest on the podcast, we like it to be a situation where we help them along their journey. You know, it's not like you come on and we just talk and send you back home. So <laughs> we have an audience, right? Let's say that someone is listening, someone's watching, and they want to work with you. You know, they want to give the anti-marketing try. I want to give the anti-marketing a try. But Zelhan is um, currently yeah. we're at 78 subscribers on YouTube. Right, so we don't have the audience just yet. Focusing on building the audience. But once we get to 2,000 subscribers, we're going to give the anti-marketing a try. We're going to be growing our email list as well. Nice. So let's say someone wants to work with you. How do they get in contact with you? What's the process of getting started like? What are your fees if it's something? So maybe your fee, your fees are set up such that it depends on the project or maybe you have a flat rate. We don't know. So what's, what are your fees? How do they contact you? And what's the process of moving from interested to being a client? And what I'm yeah. going to do is for that information you put out that's important, I'm going to put it in a lower third, so it's going to be on screen. I'm going to link it in a description on YouTube and in the podcast platforms. I'm also going to ensure that it's in the show notes and so on. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, the, the, the thing that I want to, to share is that uh, I'm at the beginning stages of internationalizing my brand. So far, I've been very focused on Portugal. So my current assets are still in Portuguese, my website. Uh, which I can say, uh, you can use Google Translate if you want, <laughs> or when you get in there. But is uh, I'll send you the the text because it maybe it's not easy for me to spell it here. It's tiagofaria.pt, so t-i-a-g-o-f-a-r-i-a.pt. That is my website. Um, I mean, in the future, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of the translation. But right now, it's not too important. I think the easiest thing Wait, that people can you, do. You have it on screen. You have the website on screen. Uh, I can actually open it and. Um, and share here on the screen, maybe. Uh, do I have the permission to do that? Yeah, share screen and. Oh, wait, you're, request, you're requesting to share, are you? I, th I think it's okay. You can see. I think it can share. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. perfect. Because awesome, awesome, awesome. I was about to so, bring yeah. it up. All right, so it's, it's in Portuguese, but I think you can translate in Chrome, right? You just click on translate to English. Yes, uh, so it's tiagofaria.pt. Okay. Yes. Uh, and mm -hmm. then when you're here, you can just um, yeah, read through if you want. I have uh, here, the, my, you remember the Nike Day Challenge. I have lots of uh, blog content, uh, a bit of my story. Um, and um, I think the, easy, the coolest thing to do is either you can send me an email if you want to just know a bit more about how I work or if you want to chat with me. Uh, just send an email to tiago at tiagofaria.pt. So the same 
URL here, mm -hmm. or just click on this link and it will uh, send you through a, a calendar, my calendar link. If you want to book like a, a 30 minute um, discovery call or a diagnosis to, uh, call so I can ask you a, follow a couple of questions, see if you, um, how big is your audience? What kind of offers you have? Uh, give you some ideas, make a brainstorm, and then and then um, then I show you how and if and how I, I could be able to to help you out. Um, and regarding my fees, uh, as I said, I'm currently starting to internationalizing my my brand. <clears throat> uh, so you're lucky to to find me in a <laughs> still practicing Portuguese prices. So I have my my new program that I'm launching. The anti marketing program is currently thousand. Euros, which in dollars, uh, I don't remember. Maybe I have to do <laughs> the calculation. <laughs> um, probably not, not over 1.2 dollars, thousand dollars. I don't know. Um, oh, and uh, and I have also my one on one uh, mentorship, which is also currently at 500 euros per month. Um, so, but yeah, 1,000 euros, 1,000 euros today is $1,069.25. Oh, it's quite similar now. Yeah. <laughs> it has been... Fair enough. And 500 been, euros would be 534 US dollars. So it's... Yes. It's, it's good enough. But, but I will change the prices, of course, because my mentors are always on top of me saying, you charge too little, you have to... Operate. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it will be updated for sure. Uh, but uh, so far, this is how it stands. Yeah, that's, and that's how people can find me. So I like what you've done. You've, you've taught us so much, you know, it's, it's been brilliant. How did you enjoy your time on the boardroom podcast today? It was brilliant. Uh, it was amazing to meet you, Jabez. You're super, super, um, interesting person. And I loved our first chat here about, uh, football. It really, <laughs> it uh, was yeah, a good yeah. connection to the, to the world of entrepreneurship, right. And business, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, super, super, um, Good follow-up questions, and I uh, really had fun. It was really, really cool. Thank you so much for this experience, Chavez. Thank you. Yeah, it was um, it was really good, and I would love to have you on again in the future in a um, panel discussion I'm organizing. Oh wow! Right? It's going to be on marketing. I won't put too much information out there, but I definitely <laughs> love to have you on. Another guest Thank that I'm so thinking much. of having on is Yaron Bin. He spent over ten million dollars on Facebook ads, Whoa. so that would be a good mix. I, I don't cool. want to put too much information out just yet. Is that something you'd be, <laughs> be a surprise? Is that something you'd be interested in? For sure, for sure, for sure, Jabez. It would be uh, my pleasure. Yeah. Completely. Let's just hop on and discuss some digital marketing and stuff going forward. There are going to be a few heavy hitters, guys, like some really big names, really impactful names. So, Tiago, you're going to be among good men and you'll fit right in. Excellent at what you do. Is there anything that I should have asked or you think I should have asked or touched on that I didn't ask or touch on? That uh, you should have asked. No, we covered really mm. uh, most of the points that I wanted uh, to cover. Um, okay. Yeah, I think you, you did a really amazing job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So here's the thing, though. We have a tradition on the Boardroom Podcast where we normally ask at the end of the episode that given that you've had such a wonderful time on the podcast today, who is one guest that you would like to see on the podcast in the future? And for this guest, what is one question that you would like us to ask them so that they can answer for you? Um, let me see. I, I love um, one of my first uh, mentors. Um, I don't know if you heard of him, Miles Beckler. Uh, I can I can send you. The yes, I know Miles Beckler. You know him? 
<laughs> yes, I was I was in his program before, and I actually interviewed him on my podcast. <laughs> so, but it was a little while ago, and I would love to interview him again. Um, and uh, it would be I, w- I would love to ask him um, regarding his. Um, he has an amazing, uh, amazing concept called the, the oil wells, the digital oil wells, uh, which is uh, creating small businesses and pumping, <laughs> pumping uh, the oil out of the out of the ground very quickly. Uh, yeah. but, uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I would love to ask him uh, a bit, bit more about about the strategy about the digital oil wells and uh, how to actually implement it uh, for someone who is starting out, you know, from scratch. Uh, so you want to learn more about his oil wells strategy? His oil wells, yes. I would love to have Miles Beckler. He would be. You would fit right oh, yeah. in. He's such a cool guy. It is amazing. I watch this content so much. <laughs> He's amazing. So we got to reach yeah. out to Miles, invite him to be a guest on the Boardroom Podcast, and then we can go from there. I am duly excited. I'm thankful for your time today. Um, this has been wonderful. I yeah, I think that's it. 